0: Welcome to Two Countries, One Crime, with your hosts, Caitlin and Bibi. First of all, let me just start by saying your hair looks amazing. I didn't Thank get you. to see it down the other day. It looks great.
1: Um, well, I got it cut also after I spoke to you.
0: You did? Oh, it looks so nice. I love what you went with. Very
1: beautiful. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Karina from the Hair Boutique owner on Veil. Vale.
0: Hi, Karina. Know you're listening right now, baby. We love you.
1: She's Um, like, what the fuck? She does does not know anything. I did not tell her about the podcast. That's fair. But she, don't you love it when like a hairdresser does everything that you ask them to do?
0: Yes. Yeah. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah.
1: I was like, listen, I was like, I want curtain bangs. I don't want you to take too much off the length. Yeah. And let's not fuck with my hair color this time. And she was like, cool.
0: Are there curtain bangs being hidden behind your ear right now? (gasps) (gasps) How cute. Oh my God dumb i know this is an audio medium but i wish everyone could see bb's hair right now it's gourd i love it and my hair right now in comparison i look like a literal mop
1: no you do (laughs) do not look like a mop. it's
0: like in a cartoon when someone dances with the mop and it's got because my ponytail it's like (laughs) a little well that's what
1: i looked way worse before i got this haircut but you'll appreciate this mm-hmm. i did not tell kareena this at the salon because i didn't want to freak her out <laughs> but the look i was going for i was like i want to look like one of those like 70s babes that were like murdered yes. by ten bundy yes yes yes. you know yes. when you see like photos of those women you're like wow yes. they were like so like cute in their hair and like with like a little bit of like the feathery like 70s kind of thing because that's coming back in style
0: oh my gosh yes BB, i love this that um, was my vision
1: that was my vision
0: because I've been legit mainlining Queer Eye, I'm going to say what I think Jonathan Venice would say in this moment, which is you're giving us a uh, Ted Bundy victim
1: realness. Well, fucking somebody should, because people you're talk serving. way too much about him and people don't talk enough about his victims. So. That
0: is so true. You look like such a Ted Bundy victim today, baby. Forge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, God. So we're back. Yes. People have been wondering where we've been. Um, it's been a very busy summer. Better than ever?
0: I would say so. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Ringing endorsement from Caitlin. I think we might be better than ever. We could be. Who knows? We're about to find out. Like, what if we get to the end of this episode and we just think that we're amazing? That would be really cool.
1: Yeah. Listen, you and I usually never know how the episodes are going to end when we start them. We literally Mm -hmm. just start them, hope for the best, and see where it takes us every time. Every episode is an adventure.
0: And as I was saying right before we started recording this, I'm having a bad personality day, so I hope you're all ready for it.
1: But define bad. You mean like badass or like bad bitch?
0: Bad, annoying, (laughs) little shit is my vibe today. Okay. I. (laughs) I made Billy go to Target with me and I met, first of all, I just want to say I'm mad at Target because the last like five times I've been to Target, it's been horrible and it just enrages me because I expect it to be cheap and abundant and exactly what I'm looking for. And it hasn't been that. So you're letting me down Target.
1: Is it because um, you've moved to North Carolina? Is, yeah. it, is it like a Target North Carolina thing?
0: Well, I think it might be seasonal. I think I don't know if this. If you have a store or maybe your Targets in Canada have, like, the
1: same thing, but in oh, the you, States. You don't know about what? this? What? Target tried to expand into Canada and failed so badly they had to pull out.
0: Maybe this is why. Okay, okay. Here I'm having so many thoughts about this okay. because after I left Target today, I was like, I should get a job at Target because this Target needs to be fixed. What's wrong with this Target every time I go there? It looks like the zombie apocalypse has happened. Yep. And everyone needed to go buy uh, faux plants to somehow subvert the this zombie apocalypse. Yeah. At this Target, that's what's saving everyone is is fake plants because it's like empty shelves. It's creepy. It's weird. I hate it. So, so yeah, maybe Target, if you're listening. And you need someone to launch in Canada, I'll let me do that for you because you need me, bitch. Yeah. Um and
1: both Kayla and I, by the way, are in expansion operations. So yeah. Yeah, that's right. Target. Give us are you a ready call. to
0: hire the dream team Target. Yeah. Target Incorporated. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, but yeah, they um, they launched in Canada. Oh, I think I, like I was it. in college or maybe a little bit after. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I was in grad school actually. Yeah, and it was uh it was a total disaster. It was kind of like you described like a zombie ap- apocalypse hit. Yeah. The shelves were all empty. Do you guys have Zellers in the US or is that a Canadian thing? The fuck is Zellers? Okay, so that's a Canadian thing. Zellers is like it's like a knockoff Walmart.
0: How can you be a knockoff? Isn't Walmart the knockoff of Walmart? No, e-
1: exactly. So people were oh. comparing Target to Zellers, except that it was it was more expensive than Walmart. But it, was, but it was cheap looking and like sketchy looking oh. like a Zellers. So people were like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and, oh, French people called it Target, which I find hilarious.
0: Some American people call it Target as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Some sincerely and others just to be sassy and be like, I love low high, Target, you know? Yeah,
1: Target. Anyway. Um, but yeah but i remember the first time i went to a target it was in montreal and i yeah. didn't get it like i didn't get what all the fuss had been about in the u.s because i had heard my american friends being like oh target's so great like you're gonna love it and i just remember um. being super disappointed and then when i moved to san francisco uh i didn't really go to target until i moved to an apartment next to one and i was in there all the time it was an <laughs> incredible <laughs> target incredible it had everything
0: that's what i'm saying i'm like i can't even anyway i listen i had a time at target and i was just really sad because it was letting me down so much i was moping around the target like a child and billy had to keep like chastising me because i was like blaming him for target not having what i wanted it to have i was like (laughs) your low energy is really affecting my target trip. Oh my and he's God. like, it's literally not my fault. You're so dumb. So that's the energy that I'm bringing to this recording. Um,
1: your blaming- Virgo energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really your Virgo and energy.
0: Then he called me out on that too, because I was like in the car, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm being really crumpy. I'm just very upset right now. And he was like, that's okay. I'm used to you being mad when things aren't
1: perfect. And I was like, (laughs) excuse me. But he was right. Well, as you know, I am married Mm -hmm. to a Virgo, Mm -hmm. whom I love dearly. Right before this call, we went to um, like the pharmacy real quick to get a couple of things. And he's making a wonderful bolognese sauce for dinner. Mm -hmm. And it's simmering right now on the stove. And so before we left, because we also... It's a whole thing. Clark is having issues with his back. We can't leave him alone. So if we go anywhere, we have to take him with us. We have to, anyway, long story short, we all had to go to the pharmacy together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and right before leaving, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to turn off the stove, but I'll put the lid on the pot so it keeps kind of simmering and, it, the, you know, the warmth stays in there. Well, we won't be gone more than 10 minutes, so it's fine. And he. Oh, such a ver yeah he was such a Virgo about it like he was like no like the sauce like needs to simmer I'm like it's gonna it's gonna keep simmering and he's like no but like it needs to be at like on low and like we can leave the stove on I'm like did like did you not learn this in first grade like the rest of us like do not leave the house with anything <laughs> on especially the stove. Oh my God. So I turn off the stove and like the entire time we're like on our way to the pharmacy he's like oh, I just I just really hope it doesn't ruin the sauce and I'm like are you <laughs> what is happening and then we were literally gone 10 minutes I I'm not kidding we were gone maybe no more than 15 really and we come back first thing he does of course he's like he's like no no, no don't turn it on I have to turn on the stove I'm like okay bud um so he turns it on and I'm like, see, it's still warm. He's like, no, I'm gonna have to turn the heat way up to get it back to where it was.
0: <sighs> this is this is how we live. And I'm sorry about it, but I'm also not sorry, but I am sorry. It was um, wrong of me to to drag Billy through Target like a sulky toddler, but
1: it's what I did. But it's what I did and I have no regrets. And now so, Billy's put you in a closet. Now I'm locked
0: in the closet Yeah. Um, as punishment. That seems
1: fair. Actually, I have a closet in my apartment big enough to put Davis in when he's being a Virgo. You should. You should put us in closets with, like, things to organize, and then we'll be happy. You know, but that being said, maybe it's mm-hmm. because I was born almost on the cusp between Virgo mm-hmm. and Libra. But I'm, I as you know, I organize everything. I took mm-hmm. a day off Friday, like a mental health day. And... All I did that day was pretty much clean and organize my apartment. And I did, in fact, organize that closet.
0: Dude, I think I was, like, part of the reason I was so angry at Target was because it was so disheveled and all over the place. And I was, like, getting so worked up that I felt I needed to go home. I was like, if I can go home right now and clean my own house, I'll feel happy again. So what did I do? I came home and I found a pair of... Um, this is so weird. I found a pair of tree trimmers, like hedge clippers. Yeah. And I went to the back fence in our yard and I started just like obsessively clipping dead branches off of this tree. So, but you know so what I could totally see you doing?
1: What? I could see you going back to Target and like burn sage <laughs> and like <laughs> and like reorganize some shelves, you know? What I'm getting- like. <laughs>
0: Target is going to find me at like their manager station, like holding their clipboard or their iPad and like redoing their their inventory
1: or something. Listen, you can buy a red blouse <gasps> online. You could ease I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm realizing just now that I'm being recorded, <laughs> but you could buy a red vest and a fake name tag. And you could just pretend to work there. And organize the Target for them.
0: This is a Dateline NBC special (laughs) by Keith Morrison. Caitlin, why did you wear a red polo shirt and pretend to work at Target on your day off? He
1: has that weird voice. Anyway, I'm um, not allowed to imitate him anymore. Remember, because I once did on this podcast, and it was really bad. I think that was
0: my last time too. It's like, but I want to do it so bad. I really just want, I'm going to practice this like alone and I'm going to get really good at it. But oh my God, that's the crime that I need to commit.
1: I mean, is not even really a crime? I mean, you'd be working for free. I mean, it's volunteerism is what it is. And you know who really needs my volunteer efforts
0: more than anyone is Target. Yeah. I definitely won't volunteer at like a shelter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that you're like, Fuck the Peace Corps. You know
0: who needs me? Yeah. (laughs) Target. Target is in need right now. So let's, let's dive in. Do you want to go first or should I go first?
1: Well, I was listening to a previous episode because I couldn't remember who went first last time and you Mm -hmm. went first last time. Okay. So I don't mind going first this time. I do have a bottle of terrible wine. Oh, terrible. I, I feel like I can't say it i can't see it it's going in your virtual background <laughs> I'm trying to show it to you is so funny <laughs> nope nope okay i'm gonna have to send you a i can't believe i'm not able to show you that that's hilarious um does
0: it rhyme with schmudford
1: reserve no that was what the label looked like to me it rhymes with johnson's pigs oh god i've literally what the f- <laughs> What? Maybe it's a Canadian. It's not a Canadian Johnson's Johnson's picks. Hmm. I think, wait, hold on. I do think it might be. Is it Canadian? Yes, it is. It's Canadian. So they probably don't even, yeah, yeah, they probably don't even sell this in America. I just want you to know that Jackson and Johnson don't
0: rhyme. Wait, what? The bottle said Jackson on it.
1: Yeah. He said what? it rhymes with Johnson's wigs. Jackson? Johnson? That's not a rhyme. Wait, <laughs> and son.
0: Jackson rhymes with klaxon.
1: (laughs) Klaxon's not a word.
0: First of all, what if it is? It might be. It feels like one of those science words. (laughs) Or is it from Star Trek? Oh wait,
1: klaxon. Klaxon is a a honk. What? It's a honk. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pulling up the dictionary app. Klaxon. Yeah, an electric horn or a similar loud warning device, klaxon. Oh my God, I'm
0: so smart. I know the word klaxon without even knowing I know
1: it. But anyway. Well, that is the French word. Klaxon is the French word for horn. So I klaxon. was like, I was like, does that also exist in English? And, and I guess it does.
0: Wow. I'm never going to say, I'm going to just think of every reason to say klaxon in my daily life. Going forward. <laughs> um. So yes, B.B. Jackson rhymes with klaxon and... <laughs> Johnson does not. I think that's like well, anyway, just, just getting into the weeds here. I see.
1: This is why I'm Do You I was see my personality?
0: Do you see what I've been talking about today? That was why very am I- Virgo. I'm very why am proud I doing of you. This?
1: You're really showing up today.
0: Why am I saying these things? I need to get, you know, after this episode, after we record, I'm gonna go back out there and keep trimming that tree because it's the only thing that is making me feel sane today. It's organizing those tree branches.
1: I should nature. come over and burn some sage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I may maybe being possessed. I'm pretty sure. I actually was very convinced there was someone living in our attic when we first got here. Oh, no. Um, oh, no.
1: Please don't say that. That is literally my biggest fear of all time.
0: There's no one. We checked.
1: <sighs> but we were both really scared to check. And because the room where
0: it's like one of those pull down attics, the room where it is, is um where Sam sleeps. And so like, he sleeps in there fine, but he doesn't want to be in there during the day. Like he will lay outside of the doorway to this room. And um, so I decided someone was living there and he didn't like whoever was living there. Oh, and also the closet in that room, I opened it randomly to like put some shit in there. And there was, I don't know what this is called. Okay, you know how on a stairs, there's the banister and it's held up by little posts. Okay. So it was one of those posts that goes from the stair to the banister, and it was in the closet. It had a little hook on the top, and it was hanging from the closet clothes nope. rod, nope. and it was not there before. And I was like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Oh, my God. I was so scared. So uh, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So maybe there's no one living here. Maybe um, there's a demonic spirit possessing me. And that spirit hangs things in closets. That checks out. That checks out.
1: Honestly, Caitlin, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I'm literally <laughs> feel like I'm going to be ill. Like, no, no, no. Like, well, as you know, I'm a big consumer of true crime podcasts. Of and um the stories that always stick with me are the stories of people like living in people's like attics or walls like those are yeah. the stories that like yeah. I can think of three off the top of my head like right now actually like I don't know why like those are the ones that creep me out by far the most so you you telling me that I'm feeling immediately so uneasy and oh,
0: oh. okay I'm so sorry but I'm just going to expand on this I'm a content creator Um, so have you ever seen, I think the movie is called When a Stranger Calls. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it, but it's like older, right? Yes. I've seen it a long time ago. So I've never seen it, but Billy's mom has seen it. And I swear I've heard different versions of this story like 40 times and I just love it every time. But I guess there's a scene in the movie where someone's like in the house and he's painted his himself to look like the wall. Yeah. So like there's, you know, someone walks by this wall and thinks there's no one there. And then it shows like his eyes open or something. It's really scary. Don't know. I haven't seen it, but I helped her book a room with our former shared company and in the room, it was like this really beautiful, like converted loft type of thing. So, you know, you've got like exposed beams and whatnot, but she said that the, there was a space above the closet. So oh. Like two feet of space, and she got herself freaked out that there was somebody in like up there because she couldn't see it and she just like hated it and got so freaked out because I honestly think this movie traumatized her. So she said that before she went to bed, she had to walk the whole room and touch all the walls to make sure there was no person there.
1: That's braver. I would have ignored it. I would have been like, if there's somebody blending in with the wallpaper, I'm going in the bed, I'm going under the covers. And I'm closing my eyes and I'm pretending nothing's happening. If there's
0: someone who's painted themselves to look like my wall, I say, K Sarah Sarah. But you've put in
1: so much effort into this.
0: I will allow you to murder me, oh, sir.
1: Fuck's
0: sake. No, um, no,
1: no, no, no. no,
0: no. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. so yeah, hopefully there's a, I'm just a simple demon in my house and not an actual person who is painted the same lovely beige
1: as this wall and for some reason took a ban or took a, a post off the banister
0: that seems like a weapon but why would they hang it i don't know i don't know it just makes no sense and it's the kind of creepy thing that makes no fucking sense like i feel like it's like you know the golden state killer would like hide stuff you know he'd go into someone's house and like hide a knife under the couch cushion so that when he was murdering later it was handily readily available yeah. what if it's that? What if someone's going to murder me in that room
1: with a call people. Oh you need to oh call the police. You need to call people to do an exorcism. You need to call. You need to call people. You need to have that checked out. I'm gonna get some sage and I'm gonna get a Ouija board and I'm gonna
0: commune. And that's and then it's gonna be fine.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I'll come down. I'll come down from Toronto.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank
1: God. Yes. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, power in numbers. Um, Put it together. And I would I have been relying on Pepper to be our guard dog up until recently. I got home the other night at like 10 PM and she's sleeping on the first floor. So I came in the front door. She did not fucking budge until I like went over to her face and was like, um, hi Pepper. What the hell, bro? So I guess she actually is not doing any sort of guarding when she's asleep as it turns out. So
1: yeah Mm. 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 she's
0: fired oh she fired (laughs) she's been fired she's not meeting her weight goals and and she's not guarding our home i think like a flight attendant in the 70s she's being fired over her weight
1: oh god pepper (laughs) sorry i run a
0: sexist household (laughs) She's-
1: <laughs> yes, as we all know, Caitlin, super I sexist.
0: I am sexist against women, women dogs. Can you be Bitches. misogynist against a dog?
1: Um, I mean, probably. I feel like there are some people who are like, I would only have a male dog because, rah, 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 I don't know. Totally. Well, that's me. I'm dog misogynist.
0: <laughs> Misdoggynist. Put that on so- a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my
0: God. Oh my. The most... <laughs> inscrutable
1: (laughs) merch idea. Okay, all right, enough (laughs) with the silliness.
0: My t-shirt, it says Miss Donchonist. (laughs) I'm sorry, please do your case so that I can please just never speak again.
1: Well, today's episode is, the call is coming from inside the house.
0: (gasps) Speaking of when a stranger calls. Exactly.
1: And so you might be wondering, what the fuck does that mean? Well, we wanted to make a case where the perpetrator was someone who was in law enforcement uh, or like part of the justice system, like like as in, in, a, in a position of power and who committed a crime. I thought it was, it has double the shock value, I guess. And so today I would like to tell you the story of the first judge and I think I'll only judge, uh, in Canadian history to be accused and convicted of murder. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So my sources for this are La Presse. Actually, La Presse was my, my main source. I have several articles about this. Um, Journal de Montréal. So just, just so everybody knows, like Journal de Montréal is kind of trash. Not kind of. It's Ooh. it's pretty trash. But um, I do use it sometimes because they are very good at like having articles where they'll do something like a timeline with all of the dates for everything like that. It's just kind of like easier to put into context, but I would not uh, praise them as a journalistic source or for any of, you know, any journalistic value of any kind. So nobody read that if you can read French. Uh, Radio-Canada from the CBC, uh, Le Devoir and Le Soleil. So pretty much all newspaper articles, except for uh, one TV show on Radio Canada called Enquête, which is the French word for investigation. And they kind of did a whole, and actually it, it'll come into play in the story, but they did an episode on this and they interviewed this man. And so it, and the media plays has definitely is an element into the story as well. So, okay, without further ado. Um, okay. So yeah, this is a story of Jacques Delille. So it's November 12th. 2009 in Quebec City in the neighborhood of Cillerie, uh, which is kind of one of the nicer neighborhoods of Quebec City. Jacques Delisle and his wife Nicole Reville are in their condo uh, that they share together in that neighborhood, and they have a fight. So this is the story. The story is is that they have some kind of argument, and he leaves for about an hour or so. And this is corroborated because he is seen on camera grabbing groceries, running errands around town. So that is corroborated. He comes back to the condo and he finds her dead on the couch. And so he calls 911 and he tells the 911 operator, my wife is dead, she just killed herself. And the operator is like, what do you mean? Like, did she slit her wrist? Like like the 911 operator is asking very specific questions. And he's like, no, there's a gun. She shot herself. You know she's she's dead and of course this seems like a very tragic suicide and he gets arre- arrested eight months oh sorry sorry so one thing I, I think i should mention at this point is that they are uh in their 70s this couple they're both in their 70s so also i think maybe from the point of view of the police the first responders might have been a little bit odd to to see that but yeah and so yeah so for all Appearances, it does it does appear to be a tragic suicide. However, eight months later, on June fifteenth, two thousand ten, Jacques gets arrested for the murder of his wife. Okay, so I'm gonna give some background now. So Jacques Delis, uh had sat on the Quebec Supreme Court from nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety two. And then on the Quebec Court of Appeals for another 17 years until his retirement in 2009. So he had started, obviously, he had started as an attorney. I think he got his degree in like the 1950s, if I'm not mistaken. So, sorry. So by the 19, I think, 70s, he's a judge. By the 80s, he's on the Quebec Supreme Court. And then in the 90s, he gets on the Quebec Court of Appeals, which is a very, obviously, a very like coveted high up position, um, huge position of power in the justice system. And he retires in 2009, uh, the same year that his wife passed away. And at the time of his wife's death, of Nicole's death, he is 74. So him and Nicole married in 1960. Uh, they have two kids together, Jean and Hélène. And uh, according to that TV show I was talking about, on Kate, he was described as feared and well-respected but also cold and arrogant with high standards by his colleagues. But he's also described as warm by his family. Like his children describe describe him as warm and he is loved by his children. So maybe this is something I should say now, but his children actually totally believe in his innocence.
0: Really? Yeah. And still do. Okay.
1: And, And supported their father throughout all of this. Um, and yeah, and the way it's very interesting. Yeah. The way his colleagues described him and the way his children describe him, you would think are it's, you're talking about two different people. Wow. Which I find interesting, but I don't know if that really means anything. I think a lot of people tend to be different at work than they're in their personal lives. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do find that interesting. Um, so in April of, um, Oh, sorry. I got the retirement wrong. He retired in 2007. But basically what happens is that in April of 2007, so two and a half years before the death of Nicole, uh, she has a stroke on her 69th birthday.
0: The funniest number is no longer funny. I
1: know. Um, And it leaves her paralyzed on her right side. Put a pin in that. This is an important detail. She's paralyzed on her right side. Um, and so that same month Jacques retires to take care of his wife, he's like, you know what I'm, yeah, he was, I think 71 at this point. So he, or 70, 72. So he's like, you know what, it's time for me to retire anyway. My wife just had a stroke. It seems like the right time for me to kind of call it quits. And so he does. So she recovers a little bit from the stroke in the sense that like, she does gain a little bit of mobility back, but unfortunately. In July 2009, so about four months before the death, she has a a bad fall and she fractures her hip, which requires a ton of rehabilitation. She's in a lot of pain. And of course, she just suffered a stroke, right? So she's already at a disadvantage and now even more so. And so she had already been depressed or not in a good mental space. But apparently this fall and her hip fracture, that kind of triggers an even an even deeper depression for Nicole. And to the point where, you know, her children and Jacques were saying that even though she by the time of by the time of her death, she would have been able to walk by herself with a walker, she wouldn't do it. Because I like she feared that she would 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 fall again. She didn't trust herself. Um, Mm -hmm. and she also just like wasn't in a headspace where she really wanted to be rehabilitated. She kind of had like a they were saying she was kind of not catastrophizing, but basically being like, What's the point of me trying so hard? Like, I'm getting older, there's no point. I'm just this is just all downhill from here kind of thing. Sure, sure, sure. And again, I'm saying this, this is something her children and her husband, who's accused of her murder, important thing to to mention, that's what Mm -hmm. they have said. I don't know, I didn't hear any stories of like any of her friends or her siblings or her doctors. Like, I mean, I don't think the doctors can say anything because of patient, doctor patient confidentiality, but everything I've heard about this woman, I've heard through the filter of her husband or her children. So I don't, I don't really know, so I feel like I have to say that because who knows if that's true or not. So yeah, so apparently she stopped eating as well and just fell further into her depression. And so upon hearing of their mother's apparent suicide, apparently the children were not surprised at wow. all by the news, okay. which I think it bears mention. I think it, it's worth mentioning. Okay, so knowing all of this, why did Jacques get arrested? for her murder. So first of all, he told the police about the fight before he left that morning. So so he calls the 911 operator. He says, you know, my wife is dead. They send an ambulance. They send the police. The police arrive. They start talking to him. They're like, sir, where were you this morning? He says, well, I had a fight with her and I left. So he actually admits to having a fight with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also does not look good because he's a fucking judge on the court of appeals. Right. But the gun that was used was his gun and it was not registered
0: uh oh that's not legal
1: yeah and it was a handgun oh which probably means nothing to americans but not a lot of canadian civilians have handguns really no it's not like a huge thing here well Hmm. not a lot of canadians have guns but like normal people like you and me who do have guns it's usually hunting rifles because they like to go hunting that's what we like to say here too yeah. But you guys hunt for like humans. So like, I really, yeah,
0: no, like, that's, yeah. that is the, uh,
1: the follow up question is,
0: well, what are you hunting? No, like we actually hunt deer and yeah, no.
1: Yeah. We hunt, yeah.
0: uh, people who don't have our same opinion.
1: Yeah. Or who just show up at a movie theater or a garlic festival.
0: Tailgate you when you're driving.
1: Yeah.
0: Go to your um, school <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Done. Yeah.
1: Fucking elementary school. Anyway, we're not going to go into this. Um, yeah. This, people listening well this podcast just is so political sorry <laughs> you're in more trouble than i am i'm in canada so like you know people listen. will come for you before they come for me yeah come at me they'll be like oh that damn bb she's a fucking socialist up in fucking canada bb anyway. is a socialist i <laughs> all the time Socialism, I don't fucking care yeah that's um, right <laughs> works out for me mm-hmm. i don't listen i went to the doctor the other day i paid nothing What the fuck? Yeah, fuck you. Anyway, so. (laughs) So, anyway, so he has a gun, not registered. What also does not look good is that he wiped the gun. What? Before the police got there, he wiped the gun. With what? Like, I don't know. That's a good question. But apparently, he did wipe the gun because there were no prints on the gun. And upon being found, upon the body of Nicole being found, so this also will come up a lot at trial, but. A black mark, and yeah, this is a podcast, so not a visual medium, but I, I will try to explain it as best as possible. There was a black mark inside her palm. Okay, Okay, if you look at your palm, kind yeah. of like the place underneath your thumb mm-hmm. on your palm. Yeah, so there was a, a pretty big, like, black circle. Okay. Uh, on, on her palm, um, which the police found immediately suspicious because they're like, well, if that's gunpowder residue, how does she get that? Most likely you would get that from trying to stop the gun. And it like gets in the way. And as it shoots, it gets it puts a bunch of gunpowder residue yeah, on your yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of unclear, but they're immediately thinking like this is kind of weird and suspicious. Okay. And so of course the police start investigating because they're like, We're not totally sure that this is a suicide. Like there's a couple of weird things going on here. So let's kind of dig further. And of course, they start they find out that Jock has had a mistress. for years. Oh my goodness. Her name is Joanne. Uh, She is 20 years younger than him. And because every story needs a good cliche, she was his secretary. Oh my God. Um, He had talked to her um, in January of 2009, apparently. So, So 11 months before the death. I'm not calling it a murder because... I just want to get to the end of the story, and I will let okay. people decide if it's a suicide or a murder. So I'm just saying death for now. But apparently Jacques had been talking to Joanne since January of 2009 about them eventually living together, being a couple, doing all of that thing. So would he have left his wife? Like kind of, kind of up in midair. But he definitely loved this woman and wanting to wanted to spend the rest of his life with this woman. Okay. So the pathologist's initial report finds that the shot into Nicole's skull was done at a 30-degree angle mm-hmm. with the entrance being at the top of the skull and exit wound at the back. So basically saying that someone would have to have been standing over her yeah. and to the side of her okay, um, in, in order for, for that okay. wound to happen. Uh, and the pathologist thinks that the black mark in in her palm was actually a self defense mark, and so he rules the death as a homicide. Okay. In just an incredible twist of fate, so Joanne, Jacques' uh, mistress, lover, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call her, mm-hmm. she had she had a husband, so they were you know they were both married, Ooh. and so after Nicole's death, she finally leaves her husband. So that was the thing too, like he had a wife, she had a husband, that was one of the reasons they weren't together. I mean, okay. the main reason reasons that they weren't together. Okay. And so she finally left her husband to move in with Jacques, and Jacques is arrested two days after Joanne moves in with him in his condo, the same one he shared with Nicole. So he's, he's finally thinking like, oh, I have everything I want. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this woman is, you know, living with me finally. And literally two days later, he gets arrested for the murder of his wife. Yeah. Um, He does, however, get out on $200,000 bond and his trial is set for the spring of 2012. Okay. So now I want to talk about the trial. So the points that I mentioned above are made by the prosecution. Like he had motive. He had like a mistress that he mm-hmm. wanted to be with instead of his wife. The divorce would have cost him $1.2 million. Why? If they had split the the, the money evenly. Ah, okay. Or like their fortune yep. evenly. Yep, yep, yep. And they're saying like he had the, yeah, he had the motive, the means, and the opportunity to do it is basically what they're saying. Okay. Um, however, Jacques vehemently, 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 vehemently. 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 Thank you denies this. Um, apparently, he had thought about placing his wife in a care facility full-time, but he didn't want to murder her. So when they're like, oh, but you were talking about living with this other woman, he's like, yeah, I was going to leave my wife like, in a place where she could be taken care of. Sure. And they're even saying, like, I think there was even something that he had said about maybe not even divorcing his wife, just having an arrangement where they have an understanding he's living with another woman, she's in a care facility for somebody with her health issues Mm -hmm. and they're still legally married or something like that. Okay. He goes as far, he's okay. So he goes as far as saying that Nicole knew he was having an affair, Mm -hmm. even though he denied it. So he had this whole story about how one day she basically confronted him and was like, I think you're having an affair. And he denied it to her face. He completely lied about it. But he did say, he was like, even though I lied, I'm pretty sure she still knew okay which okay fair okay fair. but like how does that make the story any how does that really change yeah. the story yeah um and he did say that he did still love his wife but he also loved his mistress he loved both women but he just wanted to live with one more than the other so he kind of makes it sound like eventually he just would have left his wife like either you know just physically not necessarily legally or mm-hmm. both okay. but yeah And he also does make the point that he had taken care of her while she was sick. He still cared for her. Like he did retire early, like earlier than he had planned to take care of his wife. Like he's like, no, like this whole narrative of like me hating my wife and wanting to murder her, was false. Like I very Mm -hmm. much cared for her. Mm -hmm. And the defense brought in an expert that testified that it was highly likely Nicole had shot herself because of her history of depression. And there was a way for her to have held the gun that would have left a mark but for whatever reason, th- this expert witness is like ridiculed in court. And I don't, he was French from France. Like, and it, sometimes Quebec people can be kind of assholes to people from France. I don't know if that had anything to do huh. with it. But basically, what this guy is saying is that because she was partially paralyzed on her right side, she would have had to shoot herself with her left hand. But okay. not being left handed, she would have maybe held the gun like upside down. Yeah. In kind of an awkward motion. And so if she would have shot and maybe like just used her right hand to maybe just like keep the gun. Right. Like in place. Yeah. And so she would have shot herself that way. That would have left that black mark and it would have given the angle that they had found. Okay. Okay. So they were like, it's possible, right? Yeah. But, but again, his theory was literally just like ridiculed in court. Like apparently even the judge was like, what the fuck? Like, and, and it just wasn't taken seriously at all. Hmm. And the prosecution also pointed to the fact that she didn't leave a a suicide note. So they were like, well, she didn't leave a suicide note, so we don't think it was a suicide. But she was right-handed and she was paralyzed on her right side. So maybe she didn't leave a note because she couldn't fucking write one. Uh, Like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know if that's a really good point for the prosecution to make, but yeah. So the defense goes really hard against the motive presented by the prosecution. uh, And they counter the forensics with their own experts. But it's hard to deny. It's hard to deny that like Jacques did have the means and the opportunity to do it right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it was his gun. Like he was only gone for an hour. So like he literally could have like shot her cleaned up real fast, although they didn't find anything with his blood with her blood on it or anything. But you know what I mean? Like he could have. Yeah. So Anyway, so that's kind of where we're at. So on June 14th, 2012, uh, Jacques is found guilty of premeditated murder, and he gets life in prison without the possibility possibility of parole for 25 years, mm-hmm. as is in Canada. Again, it's not like the US, like in Canada, it's all pretty standard. Like if you're found guilty of first-degree murder, you just get life in prison without possibility of, of parole for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so him and his legal team immediately start the appeals process. And remember, he was a judge on the appeals court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like his turf. He's like, I'm, I'm filing an appeal. Okay. Yeah. So just, it's, I do think it's important to remember this because like, if he knows how the system works, he might also know how to get out of it. <laughs> um, like people in positions of power, obviously have friends in high places. He's extremely privileged and he does lose all of his appeals. So it does go through the appeals court, and every single person that refused the appeal, the uh, the appeal is like, no, we th- we think that the jury did well with the information presented. Okay, yeah, um, we're gonna uphold the conviction. Okay, so here's what ends up happening. So there is a recourse that Canadians do have access to if they lose all of their appeals, but it's really rare. But in that event, Canadians can make a direct appeal to the Minister of Justice.
0: Go ahead.
1: Okay. okay? And again, it's like, but it's just not something a lot of people do. And like, if they do do it, usually the minister of justice will be like, I'm not reviewing this. Like I'm, I'm too busy. Like I have other things yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. But that is what Jacques it does. And the minister does weigh in. <gasps> and I just want to throw back to the last episode we did, which I know was like two months ago, but Innocence Canada starts getting involved in this case as well as they did in the, in the last, really, I mean, well, I mean, in the last episode, we talked about how they, they had just started that committee to free David Milgard. <laughs> and so in this, in this case, Innocence Canada, yeah, they, start, so they start getting involved and they ask for half a dozen other pathologists and forensic experts to review Nicole's body and the autopsy and, um, and basically the facts of the case. All of them agree that the facts point to Jacques Delisle being innocent. <gasps> Or at least having enough reasonable doubt that he should not have been found guilty. Mm-hmm. So basically that like guy that was left out of court with his theory that she would have had to hold, hold the gun a certain way. Yeah. A bunch of other pathologists are like, yeah, that actually makes total sense. And she was severely depressed, apparently. And that was recorded in enough places that they were like, yeah, we do believe this was a suicide. Yeah. There was no blood on his clothing. They did not find any other clothing with blood. So I think everybody was like, yeah, you know what? It's definitely possible. So in 2016 is when the Enquête TV show decides to make an episode about this. Okay, so this is really important because they go to prison and they interview him. And this is when he finally admits what really happened that morning, okay? So this is seven years after the death. He's four years into his sentence. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna complain about what really happened so he says that their argument was about her wanting to commit suicide that's actually what the argument was about okay and he had been telling her like you and i like have gone on so many cruises together we love cruises and apparently that was like a thing that they did as a couple like they went on cruises all the time was and he, okay Yeah, I mean, they're of that generation, right? Um, But yeah, and so he's like, we're going to go on more cruises together. Like, we have children together, grandchildren. We have so much to look forward to. And apparently she told him like, you just don't fucking get it. Like, I'm not looking forward to those things because i can't use part of my body and so i feel like a fucking burden like these this is not fun for me anymore like the idea of going on a cruise in a wheelchair is not fun for me um like yeah so basically she was that allegedly because again this is his story there are no other witnesses but that's what the argument was about and so she's like she knew about the gun so she was like give me the gun basically so he basically tells her like don't do this and she's like you're not the boss of me, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she's like, "Just give me the gun." So he admits to loading the gun and leaving it on a, a table for her. So he did not give her the gun, but he left it on a table for her. Okay. And she would have had she would have had to have gotten up and use her walker to get the gun. Okay. And like I mentioned previously, she did not like to do that because she was yeah. afraid of um, potentially falling. Yeah. And so in his mind, I he explains, he's like, if I put it there, she really needs to like think about it to walk to it and grab okay. the gun. And that's the last thing he does. As he's leaving, he's he's like, I'm just going to ask you to reflect on this a little bit more, like really think about this. Don't do anything rash or whatever. Okay. So. Her last words to him were apparently, leave me alone, give me an hour, say hi to everybody. And apparently his last words to her were, I love you, think about it. And that's what she responded. So he says that when he found her, he was genuinely shocked because he really wasn't sure that she was gonna go through with it. Yeah. And so when you hear the 911 call, he does sound a little bit Taken aback. He definitely does sound like, I mean, not that I'm an expert in emotion or anything, but he like you like he's just he sounds a little bit out of breath, actually. And he's just kind of like, My wife is dead. Like he does sound a little incredulous. Okay. And so that kind of checks out. So you might be wondering, well, why didn't he say this at his trial? Like, why didn't he testify to this before? Why didn't yeah. he tell the police? So that is because in Canada at the time, and I think mm-hmm. still to this day, actually, mm-hmm. I don't think the laws change. But if you help someone commit suicide without proper medical attention, it is a crime with a penalty of 14 years in prison.
0: Okay, so he was betting on being found innocent. of Basically,
1: I think like that's what he was betting on. Like basically like because instead of pleading guilty to helping somebody commit suicide, he was like, well, I'm just going to go with this angle and hopefully get off uh, scot-free. And obviously that's not what happened. And so, yeah, because in Canada, we actually, uh, medically assisted suicide is legal, but there's a, there's a very, it's a very formal process. Yeah. Like if your friend is like, I'm suffering, I just want to go, you can't help them at all. Like that's not a thing. So, and he, as a judge would have known that. Um, and so basically he was like, yeah, I knew that I was doing something wrong basically, but yeah, but I guess he was just, he took a gamble and he lost. And he says that as for like the motive of the mistress He's like, we actually weren't even together mm-hmm. when my wife died. So they had broken up around the time of his retirement two years before, and they only got back together after his wife died. So he's like, this whole motive of like, I kill my wife to be with my mistress, doesn't make any sense because I wasn't even with my mistress when that happened. Hmm. So Interesting. Also interesting to yeah. think about and then the tv show like okay they do send the case to three separate independent experts and all three of them say that the 30 degree angle for, that the initial pathologist had put in in uh, the report the autopsy report yeah they say that it is wrong they say okay. that the, the angle is wrong and that the case definitely needs to be reevaluated and that there is reasonable doubt and yeah and like apparently the the defense's expert like the one that got ridiculed in the original trial, he did a reenactment of the shooting at the angle he was suggesting was actually the right angle. And he is the only one whose results came back matching what the actual scene and the impact on Nicole's skull was. Damn. Yeah. So they also interviewed the prosecution and they're like, Mm -hmm. what do you think? And the (laughs) prosecution still thinks he's guilty and they won't listen to the new evidence. And their reason, they're basically like, ballistics isn't all that matters and they're saying that they are quote unquote morally convinced so anyway
0: to west dean
1: so this case actually has a very like recent development so on april 9th 2021 so just a few months ago after nine years behind bars the minister of justice agrees with the new findings and orders a new trial mm-hmm. for jacques Delil. he was paroled Uh, Mm -hmm. He's living with his daughter. He's not allowed to have a passport. He can't leave the the country. He can't talk to Joanne. He can't talk to his previous mistress. And it was not announced yet if or when there will be a new trial. And when asked what he thought about the Canadian justice system, now that he was on the other side of it, Mm -hmm. Jacques says he thinks he was treated more severely because he was a judge. And the prosecution wanted to make an example out of him. Okay. Then went to the prosecution. They're like, do you think this is true? And the prosecution did not disagree. Mm-hmm. Jacques oh. also says that he's not sure how he feels about the jury system because they deliberated for only two days, even though there was a ton of evidence to go through. And the jury in his trial was also not sequestered,
0: mm-hmm. meaning okay. that like they would go yeah.
1: home at the end of the day and have mm-hmm. access to a ton of media. And there was a lot, a lot of media around this case. Yeah. So he's basically like, how do you get a a fair and impartial jury if they're not sequestered? True, true, true. Um, So that's how he feels about the justice system now that he's on the other side of it, but Mm -hmm. he is a free man. Um, He is, hold on, 2021. uh, If he was 74 in 2009, that was 12 years ago. So he's like, yeah, he's like 86 years old. Um, Yeah, so he is an old man. Um, My dad thinks he's guilty. Really, a lot okay. of people think he's guilty, okay, and I will say I will say he does not interview well in the sense that he comes off as very maybe like pedantic
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: like academic, full of himself, cold, um yeah, and I think he focuses a lot on the facts like I think usually when we have the mental image of someone who's innocent, they're like, no, I didn't do it, I swear I didn't do it, and he's kind of like Look at the evidence. And it's like, hmm, like, I don't know what kind of plea that is. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm just going to send you this link. It does not help that he looks creepy. I'm, I'm not trying to be superficial, but it's just a fact. He, <sighs> he's kind of scary looking.
0: Yeah. Okay. Everyone, this will be 100% be posted on our Instagram. If you are listening to this right now, go look. He is he looks like the grim reaper personified yeah he
1: looks like he looks like the grim reaper or like a scarecrow or it's unfortunate it, but he does look quite scary
0: what? he his eyes are just like <sighs> completely
1: sunken in but like um, piercing. saying like i'm yeah. gonna
0: fucking get you he looks yeah. like the boogeyman he yeah it's very frightening Although this young picture of him on YouTube, he looks like he was pretty hot, but um, he did not age well.
1: No. So, and let's be honest, like, I do think that the way defendants look um, hurt his, uh, hurt their chances. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if you look, I, I don't even know what word to use, but he just looks creepy. I'm sorry. Like he just, he just does. It's not his fault. It's not his fault, but um,
0: you know yeah. what, BB, it is his fault because I can see here from this picture that he did his hair a certain way when he was a youth, and that was to kind of slick it back and as an old man, he should definitely cut his hair because that's not really doing him any favors. It makes that's true. him look even scarier. That's true. You're you're correct about that. He also looks like he's wearing eyeliner. I guess that's probably just like his eyelashes are just naturally very like thick and gorgeous. But um Yeah. He's scary. He looks like a vampire. Yeah. But that's yeah. my case. Like yes. that's wow. That, yeah, that's my case. So what do you think? Do you think he did it? Um,
1: I will say this i to be honest i have no clue yeah i could see it both ways i do think that there is enough reasonable doubt that he should have been found not guilty so i'll say i'll say it like that um and if he did in fact uh assist his wife in committing suicide then i do think that spending nine years in prison is harsh enough of a sentence and that he should have been released like i'm actually like kind of fine with that yeah but obviously if he committed murder not enough time spent behind bars but yeah i'm uh I'm, I'm not sure to be honest like having having like reviewed the evidence i'm like i mean the, to me the one piece of evidence is more that like what wasn't found and the fact that there was no blood on his clothes because mm-hmm. like let's say he would have shot her if there was one his clothes then he would have had to wash it you know they would have found that yeah. they would have found residual blood and or let's say he like washed them so well that there was no blood then that would have taken long time and the body was still pretty much like warm when the ambulance came you know
0: yeah yeah
1: and Um, she was shot at close range so it mm -hmm. just
0: you know despite the fact that he looks like murder personified yeah i don't know i don't think i i'm sort of sold on on him not doing it because it does sound like his wife was truly just like miserable. Like, I totally get that. Yeah, It yeah. sounds like she was really in dire straits, like physically and mentally.
1: So um, Yeah. And for me, like, it's also like, I love both of my parents. Mm-hmm. If, if one of my parents died, even like, how can I explain this? Like, if one of my parents died under, under suspicious circumstances, even though I love my other parent, I would never lie to the police. Like if I, if yeah. I thought my other parent was involved, I would say something. I'd be like, you should look at my and then insert other pa- the other surviving parent. Yeah. If I really thought like no, but it was probably a suicide then I I would say that to the police. I'd be like, I I really think um Yes.
0: Yeah. Sorry our parents who may or may not listen to this, but we will not <laughs> pretend you didn't murder the other parent.
1: Yeah, sorry. I won't cover for you.
0: Won't do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's why I'm like, "Mm, I feel like that's telling.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And it does just seem like, I don't know, the motive to be with his mistress is not really like holding that much water for me. Like, it's just kind, it feels like he didn't he wouldn't feels like he's
1: a smart enough guy that he wouldn't.
0: I don't know. Well, I I think that's what, I don't
1: know. Yeah, but I think that's what also worked at a disadvantage for him is because he is so intelligent that I think people are like, he's smart enough to commit the perfect crime and get away with it. But it's like, I don't know, DNA is just really hard to get rid of. I want this. This may already exist.
0: If it doesn't, I want this to be a movie where he's played by Anthony Hopkins and (gasps) um, it's just so creepy. Oh
1: my God, you're so right. Or Malcolm McDowell. Yes. Either one of them, I think, would really, yes. Did you ever
0: see, oh my fucking God, what was that movie? It was a Anthony Hopkins movie, and I think he murders his wife in it. Oh, and it has Ryan Gosling in it. I it's really good. It. I can't think of what it's called, but it's really good. Um, everyone should watch it, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, he murders his wife using a, like, contraption. Like, he makes oh, a God gun I... shoot itself or something like that. I don't fucking know. Um,
1: Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Fracture? Yeah! Well, honestly, I've been watching thrillers lately. I watched That's Primal I like Fear. <gasps> Primal Fear! It's so Ooh, bad. It's such a bad movie. Nobody the watched The ending it. is so crazy! No, I saw it coming from a mile away. I didn't. I oh really? Love oh weird. Yeah. Along Came a Spider. Oh. That one was good. Along Came a Spider. With Morgan Freeman.
0: Yes. Along Came a Spider is so good. Kiss the Girls. Have you seen that yes. one? Yes, Kiss the Girls is excellent.
1: <gasps> yes. Hmm.
0: And it stars um Ashley Princess, Judd. The guy from Princess Bride. No, I don't care about Ashley Judge. She's annoying. Um, oh, Mandy Patinkin? No. No. Wait, who am I? Um Princess The 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 guy, Carrie uh, Elwes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, love that. Um, and uh, well, Kiss the Girls is also with Morgan Freeman, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it's the same like series where it's like Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman duet. Yeah, there you go. Oh, anyway, wow, that's so that's so interesting. Yeah. So that's my case. Yeah. I also feel like it's not assisting someone's suicide if there's a gun in the house and you're just like make it in their reach.
1: No, I think it is because he loaded <laughs> he it for her. <laughs> Like, he loaded it for her. He kind of like, loaded
0: it if she really wanted to. No,
1: because it was it was on top of a of a wardrobe. It was on top of like an armoire. So he and he was very tall. She was not. So I don't think she could have reached it.
0: That's like saying that he left a knife out after he like did the dishes and she was like used it to die. Like no, that's com-
1: Caitlin, please. You
0: know that's different. Yeah. Don't even mm. look at me like that. It's, that's completely different. Ugh. <sighs> I don't know. It's like, what? why is it his fault? I'd be like, I'll make her do it. Um, that would be my defense. Defense rests. I'll make her do
1: it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Billy's in the background. He's like, this is why I'm the attorney in this marriage. Oh my God, seriously. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I
0: would be amazing at it, clearly. Oh, well, my case is kind of similar to
1: yours as always as (laughs) always all the time
0: yeah I know we just are two alike
1: I'm gonna refill my wine and then I'm just gonna like get real comfortable I'm just gonna sit and lean back perfect
0: and I want to start mine off by saying that my criminal is as creepy looking as your criminal but in a totally different
1: way oh I'm so excited for this
0: if your guy looks like a vampire like the grim reaper like there's some you know cachet to that type of murdery person mine is like a little chubbykins oh beady eyed little motherfucker Mm. who looks like a shit okay (sighs) our instagram is gonna be so creepy this week it is it's just like oh he looks like such a little shit yeah when you see you'll be like oh yeah that type of that's the kind of guy who like tries to buy you drink at a bar and you're like oh my god you can't be serious he sort of looks like he's sort of like a George Costanza, but instead of being cute and lovable, he's a fucking murderer.
1: Well, I don't think George Costanza is cute or lovable, so.
0: Um, how can you not love George Costanza? He's fuck. Out. I love him. Okay. I'm more of a Kevin James kind of lady. I also love Kevin James. I but love not gonna Kevin lie. James. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he does is funny to me. On that note, <laughs> my case uh, takes place in the lovely uh, city of Miami. So this is. Thursday, August 23rd, 2018. We're in Miami in a quaint little sort of family neighborhood. On this day, it's 11 p.m. and the police received a text message because apparently you can do that. Now you can text in an emergency, which is fascinating. They got a text message that said, please help.
1: Oh, God, okay.
0: Family was being held hostage. So 10 hours after police got this message, They, by the way, they'd been out at the scene since they got the message. So they're there for about 10 hours, overnight, trying to negotiate with the person who was holding his family hostage. Oh God. And around 9 a.m. the next day, a single gunshot was heard. The SWAT team entered the house and they found the family of three hostages safe and sound. However, Judge Timothy Marr was dead. Okay, okay, interesting. And that's where our story Begin slash ends. Okay. That's where I begin. The hostages were Anna and Jose Rodriguez, 49, a married couple, and their daughter, who's 13 at the time. So who was Judge Okay, so it's not even his family.
1: It is not his family. Okay, that's even more weird. Because when you said that, I assumed, like, oh, he was holding his own family hostage. Okay, so this is even more, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Not
0: his blood. Okay. (laughs) So who was Tim, Timothy? As I will be calling him throughout this episode because I felt uncomfortable pronouncing his last name. <laughs> it's M A H E R, and I feel like that's probably Mar, but Mar, I don't know. yeah. Plus, Timothy, I don't know. I'm just enjoying the ring that it has to this case, too. So, who was he? He was 51 years old. He was an administrative judge at a social security office. So, his day to day was basically reviewing like social security appeals. If someone was denied, he would review their appeal and rule on whether or not to overturn it. So if someone's like denied social security disability specifically. So he was a little bit of um, a schlub, you know, that's not like the most glam position. Like your guy was kind of like sexy judge type decisions. This guy's kind of like more boring. uh, I didn't even
1: know that that was Mm -hmm. a thing. Like, judging socials, sorry, did you say social security or social service?
0: Social security. Social security, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's basically, is like, if you're disabled in the states, have fun trying to get government assistance because they don't want to give it to you. So, yeah, I mean, anyway, so that was what he did. So, you know, not the most glam, not the most fun job probably probably sucked a lot honestly yeah so despite all that and his goofy appearance he did have a woman in his life uh her name was they always do (laughs) it boggles the mind i know uh so yeah he was dating a woman named kathy they were together for about four years and i'm like guessing dates here but I think two years into their relationship she gave birth to their son um and again a little bit like hazy on the dates because freaking Miami Herald put that article behind a paywall so I couldn't (laughs) read it (laughs) and the other news sources were you know not doing this like super in-depth it was like very surface level so a little bit differentiating facts here but in one article I read it said that By early 2017, so about six or eight months after their son is born, he's sending threatening emails to Kathy. So I don't know if they were still together or like on a break and he was like sending her like bitchy emails or whatever. According to other articles, they broke up for good in April of 2018.
1: So how many, how many, wait, sorry. When was the son born? 2015 okay so hmm, okay so yeah so he was either
0: born like earlier in the relationship or they broke up in april of 2017 and some news outlets just didn't get that right okay couldn't tell you miami herald i didn't have my debit card with me so i didn't get into
1: it (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if we called them and we're like listen we host a true crime podcast we just want to have access to your archives for free help us out help a sister out
0: (laughs) what I should have done uh, in retrospect was take screenshots of this fucking article so I could refer back to it but whatever I didn't do that so here I am here I am not knowing the exact timeline of their relationship and I won't
1: apologize for
0: it remember what I said earlier about my personality today I ain't taking no
1: shit yeah good for you I'm so proud of you (laughs) Baby's like I don't fucking care no because you're never like this I worked with you I worked with you and like I know some of the people that you had to work with and I'm like why wasn't she like fuck you you piece of abusive trash because she's worth so much more so I love it when you're in this mood because I'm like good for you standing up for yourself
0: that's right the only regrets I have are not telling people that they're abusive trash in the moment there you go next time (laughs) So, so did they break up in April of 2017 or April of 2018? Who's to say? Either way, there's a child born in 2015. And in June of 2018, Kathy, the baby mom, is asking for a restraining order against Timothy. So in her request, she is stating that he's not taking his medication. He's abusing marijuana and alcohol um one fun text message that he sent her that prompted her request for a restraining order said stop going to church fucking hypocrite when you finally crash and burn i will piss on your ashes
1: oh god wow so aggressive he's a
0: gentleman and a poet and a scholar (laughs) um yeah what the like that is just like really crazy thing to say to someone especially the mother of your child yeah like it's just like so ironic i just can't even read it like i stop going to church fucking hypocrite i will piss on your ashes why don't you stop going to church and you know
1: what i'm gonna tell davis that tonight and i'll tell you how it goes (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you how he reacts
0: when you finally crash and burn oh okay (laughs) um so so despite this text message Or maybe in light of this text message, maybe the judge saw it differently. He denied her request for restraining order. Wait, Um, he denied
1: her request? Yes. Hmm. So
0: she was like, excuse me, sir, the father of my child told me he's going to piss on my ashes. And the judge was like, listen, Yeah, but he didn't say he'd be
1: responsible for you being in ashes, so it doesn't quite... Mm, That's true. He's like, he doesn't actually specify... But I feel like that's what it takes. It has to be like an overt death threat. And it has. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Listen, Kathy was being a little hysterical because she has a uterus.
1: Listen, she was on her period that day. She was probably on her period or about to be or recently
0: off of it or. Or She's just had a baby like, you know. Oh, my God. She's a mom. Yeah. She She must be so tired. Her thing. So she didn't get her restraining order. Also around this time, I just want to highlight this, and I don't know if the restraining order judge had any idea about this, but it was another story that kept popping up when I was researching Timothy. So same month, June of 2018, he was involved in a road rage incident, quote unquote, where someone was tailgating someone. I don't know who, maybe he felt he was being tailgated, being followed too closely by someone. So in response, he followed that guy home got to the guy's house, yelled at him, swore at him, used uh, racially offensive language towards him. Florida. So the police were, yeah, right. So the police were called. Timothy's. So the police were called and the judge, Timothy, the judge was like, um, that guy pulled a gun on me. So can you arrest him? The cops searched that guy's car and he didn't even have a gun. So they were like, okay, Timothy, girl, like, he doesn't have a gun. So can you stop um, saying he pulled one on you? And then he doubles down and says, listen, I'm a federal judge and there's cause for you to search this guy's house. Oh my God. Fortunately, this cop was like, I'm going to actually check with my supervisor first. So he calls the state attorney and was like, hey, should I search this random stranger's house? And they were like, please don't. So (laughs) that was the end of that particular incident. Please don't. Timothy is like, he had a gun. Go search his house. I'm a federal judge. And it's like, Timothy, you're a social security judge. So please explain to me why you think that you should be involved in this. But it's fine. So that was June of 2018. Now we're in August of 2018. August 14th specifically, which is a Tuesday. Kathy goes to Timothy's house to pick up their son. He comes out of the house like the five foot nothing gangster that he is with a holstered gun on his little Miami jeans. So he's got their son in one arm, his gun holstered, but still, what the fuck, on the other hip. And he comes out and he's shining a flashlight in her face like, impairing her ability to see and said i'm going to show you what pain is about
1: oh no oh no 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 absolutely not
0: you don't say that no oh where's the restraining order now i know right i guess (sighs) saying he was gonna piss on her ashes wasn't enough so now here he is saying i'm going to show you what pain is about well like blinding her with a flashlight which is just the creepiest thing ever and
1: still having control like not control but still and having possession still having of their the son. kid.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so Kathy goes to her car to call 911 i i guess she must have gotten the baby from him somehow because we know the situation resolves with her having the having the child with her okay. so but she goes to her car calls 911 and he goes back into the house and gets a shotgun that has a laser sight on it. No, no, so he no. comes no. back out and he's pointing the gun at her and she can see, like, the laser. No. Like, pointing towards her. Isn't that fucking terrifying? And she has the baby with her at this point? I don't know if she got the baby at that time, but or I later. think so. Because none of the articles I read were, like, he, like, had
1: the kid and was, like, being crazy. So, But I can think- you imagine being in that situation?
0: Hmm. No. And
1: the best thing for you to do as that woman is leave but if she didn't have the kid with her then it's like well i'm not gonna leave my kid behind Mm -hmm. with my crazy Mm ex-boyfriend who has a shotgun Mm -hmm. and who just told me about pain oh my god what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to do in that situation
0: i know well fortunately for her timothy uh and his balls of steel hid behind um a wall in their house so so she calls the cops and he like put a laser sight on her, but she, by the, I guess the cops showed up. So he decided she was going to go inside the house and hide from them. So she was safe at that time. I guess he was in there for like an hour and they finally got him to come out and like found him from his hidey hole. So they get him out there and they try and cuff him and he tries to run away, which just made me giggle. Um, he <laughs> did not get away somehow, amazingly so he's arrested. He's charged with aggravated assault with a firearm, child abuse with no great bodily harm, and resisting an officer without violence cuz he tried to just t- t-
1: scamper away. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't even know that that was a like a possible charge.
0: Oh, it's so, it's so fucking stupid. It's like what why is that a charge like resisting an officer without violence i don't know that's just silly but fine um whatever slap it on him i don't care so (laughs) the next day so he spends the night in jail and the next day is his uh bond hearing to make a decision on on his bail so he just he made a statement and it's long buckle up this is a quote from it okay So he said, the mother of my child has called the police not less than five times prior to last night, each time making more incendiary and fantastic allegations against me. I did not have a gun on me last night, okay? I did not point a gun at anyone, literally everyone saw you. It is astonishing to me that one person can make an accusation so fantastic and not grounded in reality that the result is me spending the night in jail this is horrifically embarrassing. Mm. Okay, agree, but for different reasons. <laughs> I simply ask that you take a moment of consideration to think about who I am and what I do <laughs> and whether or not these charges sound like a federal judge with 10 years on the bench. So he went full sassy. Yeah. He's like delusional. He's like, um, Kathy called you five times. Like, eh. but he's he doesn't say she called you five times with like. And nothing happened, so, you
1: know. But also, let's take a moment to appreciate how lucky this guy fucking is, because Mm -hmm. if she called five times prior to that night, so six phone calls to the police, and he was only charged with uh, resisting arrest without violence, I'm sorry, but, like, his whiteness, I'm assuming he's white. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, his whiteness and his privilege are fucking showing right now.
0: No, it's crazy. Like, he should have been, yeah, it's it totally, yeah. totally like, agree. It's yeah. insane. It's like, like oh, resisting that's Resisting arrest true? should
1: be resisting arrest. But I feel like yeah. because he was white and he's a judge, they're like, well, I guess he wasn't like that violent about
0: it. And it's like fine. He like only pushed me a little bit when he was trying to scamper away like a little hedgehog.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so yeah, that's his statement that he felt, he felt good about making that statement. So uh, <laughs> that's Timothy in a nutshell. He was like, I know what I'm going to say. I love it. Love this for me. So speaking of privilege, his bail was set at $13,000. So naturally, what the fuck? excuse me. I know. After all that, after pointing a laser shotgun at his wife who was in the vicinity of their child, $13,000, obviously he bonded out like and he went home because don't you need to only
1: put down 10 percent?
0: yeah yeah like that and he's a judge in miami like he probably yeah. had like a decent amount of money um but even if he didn't yes that's easy enough so he goes home the cops go with him and at that point he he turns over to them 21 rifles two handguns and one shotgun in addition to like a fuckload of ammunition and scopes what? which i don't know makes it easier to those shoot are though. so that's so many guns. 21. what that's where do you store guns. those and you have a child in your house oh, oh my god it's ugh, so creepy so scary and bad so that's we started this on a tuesday on tuesday he's pointing a laser rifle at his at his ex-girlfriend baby mama on wednesday he's turning 21 guns over to the cops is that the same day that he
1: made the statement? Yeah. Okay. Presumably.
0: Yeah, because it was his hearing the next day. So he makes a statement, goes home, gives them all his guns. But the cops went back again the next day on Thursday with another warrant to search his house, um, and apparently one of the warrants that they had was for electronics, which is like, mm, that's creepy. Like, what? I don't know. Oh, I still like that. Oh. Mm, yeah. Weird.
1: Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. So, People who listen to enough true crime knows know exactly what that means. Yeah.
0: Electronics, no bueno.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So apparently, on the, by the time they came back for this third search, he's crying. He's like, throwing a little shit fit. He calls the chief of police and tries to like swing his judge nuts around and say, you know, like "Um, social
1: security dude, like what are you gonna do? It's
0: so silly. So eventually he came out because like the SWAT team basically had to come again. So
1: the SWAT team.
0: Well, they said the special response team, which I guess is not the SWAT team, but it's like when people refuse to to like come out what's that called he was
1: um like refused to uh come out come, like um from house i think I, I understand what you mean because like he, yeah. if he's not giving his guns and they have to yep. like go yeah. and okay got it so so whatever so he came out when they
0: showed up um guess what they found that time more guns 10
1: rifles
0: 18 more handguns Whoa. and another shotgun
1: okay so okay i'm sorry So
0: we're at 31 rifles. 20 handguns and two shotguns. Okay.
1: So if you have that many guns. Yeah. You're definitely keeping them everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yes. You keep, like you're keeping them in like like a, a drawer in your kitchen. Girl, like,
0: yes. It's like you fucking. Behind the TV. You drop something on the floor and it goes under the couch. You go to get it. There's a gun. Like yeah. you open your coat closet, a gun falls out of your coat you can't yeah he pulls like a paper towel off the roll there's probably a gun <laughs> comes with it like what is ha- what's happening how do you have that many guns I don't I know I actually I
1: actually don't don't I I actually don't get it wait so total we're talking about like 50 something guns yes exactly 54 yeah. I think I mean there's I mean unless I mean no there's no way because like if he just had like a chest full of his guns they would have gotten all of them at the same time yeah I mean, yeah. Like, there's there's guns under his pillow, under the mattress. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. hey, listen he, you he live, like- you live in a country where that's allowed. It's <laughs> the Apparently right to bear arms. Yeah, yeah, the right to bear fifty arms, if you want. Uh,
0: the right to have your ice cube tray have a gun in each little cube. That's what I believe in. <laughs>
1: yeah, but also think about it. How amazing is it? that they went the one time and -hmm. they didn't get all the guns no they're like
0: oh you know what we went back to his house and we realized his dining table those weren't legs on the table those were actually guns holding up his table
1: yeah so he has no furniture everything's made of
0: guns it's like an easter egg hunt it's like where's waldo like
1: (laughs) well no because waldo's hard to find it's like
0: I don't, oh my like, god oh my god I like oh know. I thought that was a whisk but it's actually is a gun
1: I'm so um. I'm literally looking around my apartment right now <laughs> no. thinking to thinking to myself if I had guns I know me too I'm like okay the
0: ceiling fan you just put one on top of each blade that's four okay uh, check. under
1: each lampshade maybe <laughs> you know just like just like stick one in there you know
0: this beautiful um picture of like an italian street i bought from target take the frame off tape four guns around it i have a portrait of clark (gasps) frame it with guns i could definitely frame it with guns got a box of crayons put 64 guns in there
1: (laughs) can you see clark's portrait
0: (gasps) oh my god that's that is adorable so
1: yeah
0: oh my god All it needs is some guns to go around it, really (laughs) make it look nice. So, so yeah, so he's got, he's got a trillion guns. Um, So, so that is, let me see. That's Thursday the 16th. Now, three days later, August 19th, one of Timothy's few friends. Ooh, I like your new background. Thank you. One of (laughs) Timothy's few friends goes to the police station in person. He doesn't call. He goes there. Because he's concerned about Timothy. Why do you why? What's Timothy done now that's making his his close friend so concerned? Let me guess. He bought 20 guns. Close. Oh, shit.
1: I really thought I had it.
0: I guess I don't know at what time he procured them, but he has a bag of guns. No. No. And ammunition hidden in a storage unit. And the friend says an AK-47 is missing from this unit. No. Which begs the question, do these friends just share a storage unit of guns? Like, why did he... He's like, oh, I went to our gun storage unit and I noticed that the AK-47 was gone. I actually really wanted to use it. Um, I was going to a birthday party and just wanted to make sure that I was strapped and it wasn't there, so I'm
1: concerned. Wait, like, Caitlin, who, yeah. what's the name? Are they called preppers? Like the people who believe the apocalypse is coming? Yes. And they like stock up on weapons and stuff? Yes. Do you think that's what they, he was, maybe he was part of a group of friends that were those people and they were just stockpiling weapons and ammunition?
0: That's such a good point and I wish I knew. And this is why I'm like, I want to just do our own like deep dive into this because I couldn't find a lot of information about him as a person and I'm like, why? Why aren't we asking why this guy has a storage unit of guns that he shares with a friend, and where yeah. there's an AK-47 that everyone notices when it's missing? Like, what is this context?
1: Yeah. yeah. Around this? also, was it just only guns in that storage unit or other stuff? Exactly. There's like, like a crate full of like spam tins.
0: Was there a pool table? was this where they went to get away from you know just be boys for a while with guns but did they murder people there was it like dexter's murder room i don't know if you keep a gun in your house
1: yeah i'm gonna sound real canadian because i don't know fucking nothing about guns but like you keep a gun in your house you either i'm assuming you have it for protection Mm -hmm. or if you like hunting or whatever then you have it for hunting and when you go hunting you take the gun with you yes if you have a ton of weapons in a storage locker, it's clearly not to protect yourself, right? Because if you don't have easy access to it, then what's the point? Uh, yes. Other than you're stockpiling weapons for a reason of some kind.
0: Yeah. I mean, totally. Like, why the fuck do you need a storage unit of guns? Unless those are all like hunting right. guns. Cause but cause even they like if to they go were
1: hunting. hunting guns. But an AK 47 is not a hunting whatever. gun.
0: Uh, I think lots of Americans would argue that it is. Okay,
1: well, but we maybe need people, not. To, tell, I, we I need people to email something. us and tell us what's going, what the fuck is going on with this storage locker.
0: Also, I'm, this might be totally wrong, but it feels like a bad idea to have a lot of guns in a storage unit that's not climate controlled in Miami. Like, can guns get too
1: hot and just go off? I don't think so. I would be worried about they that. They just spent 20 years in Iraq. Where it was a lot warmer good point good point good point good point good point and i okay. don't think it was an issue
0: okay fine whatever <laughs> good because that would be very dangerous so i'm glad um but no you're right it's like unless he's a literal doomsday prepper which is arguably a mental illness in itself he has problems clearly this is not he's a fucking social security judge is he like do you think he sells guns to like cartels he's in miami like Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It ain't, it's weird. It's Why weird. does and his friend knows about it, and his friend is like, "Hey, an AK is missing from our our shared storage unit, um, where we have book club." I don't know. I and okay. Here's another thing. Here's the real thing that is <laughs> that is missing from because of the Miami Herald paywall. There is a hit list that Timothy wrote, and I. It's not mentioned in any other article. I know it was mentioned in this article. It had a list of names of people that Timothy wanted to murder and wanted dead. And I'm 90% sure that his friend tells the police about this. He's like, he's got a bag of guns. I know he has an AK-47 and he also has a hit list. However, I can't, be a 100% sure because I read that article like two months ago and then I forgot to write it down and now I can't read it again. So, but there is a hit list and one of the people who's on it is his ex girlfriend's brother. So a lot of people term him Timothy's brother-in-law because you know, they were together for a long time. They have a kid together. They're like, so like partners. Oh, you mean Kathy's brother? Kathy's
1: brother. Like not another ex girlfriend.
0: Like, okay. No, like Kathy. Yeah. So we'll just, we call him his brother-in-law. Um, Furries of, of explanation. So anyway, that's August 19th. The police are now like, oh shit, that's a lot of guns. He's not supposed to have them because of his arrest, yada, yada, yada. So August 20th, the next day, a worker at the Social Security Administration building where Timothy worked receives a death threat. Everyone immediately knows that Timothy is the one making this threat. So the feds shut the office down for two days and they put out like a warrant for his arrest for possessing weapons when he's not supposed to. It also said misdemeanor battery. And I'm not like, don't even know what that means. That might have to do, that might be like some sort of weird terminology for like making this kind of death threat. I don't know, but. Well, I thought, hmm. you know what? No, I actually don't know. I I actually don't even know the difference between battery and assault to be honest. I mean, neither. And I think battery is like, I, don't, I couldn't fucking tell you, so I could, if someone told me that it was battery charge to call someone and say, I'm gonna fucking kill you, I'd be like, all right, I buy it, IDK. Yeah. But either way, they know it's him. They shut down the office for two days because they're like concerned that he's gonna show up and actually make good on this threat. And they put out this warrant for his arrest, but they can't find him. He's in the wind, as they say. But okay. he shows up two days later, or three days later, I guess, at his quote-unquote brother-in-law's house. At 11 p.m., he goes to this guy's house. The guy has a wife and 13-year-old daughter, and he takes them hostage. So it's 11 p.m., the police get a text. We're back at the beginning. The text says, please help. So as we now know, what happened that night is that he took this family hostage, and the police were there for 10 hours trying to negotiate with him, saying things like, you're a father. We know you don't want to hurt this like child who's in the house. Can you at least let her go? He wouldn't let her go. He stopped communicating with them after a while, and ultimately, he took his own life by shooting himself with a gun. The family was fine. Was it the AK forty seven? I don't. I doubt you it even because shoot I yourself physically with don't think you yeah. could. It must yeah. have been like a handgun or a shotgun. But um, yeah, that's so. That's the end of the story. I'll finish it off with this quote from the Daily, that the Daily Mail got from one of the neighbors who said, my reaction is, at least he didn't take a family member with him. He's got his own problems. Let him go by himself. And I say, <laughs> pip pip. Amen. If you're an asshole and you decide you want to do a violent act to yourself, don't take a child with you or you're not brother-in-law. What That's fuck? rude. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? I know. So one other thing I read was, um, from another judge who like worked with him in this office and he was like, um, why didn't anyone take him into custody? Because in Florida they have this thing called the Baker Act, um, which is like involuntary committing somebody to, for like psych eval. Okay. And this judge was like, after he had that interaction with Kathy and his son with like all the guns and the craziness and like hiding in his house. Why didn't anybody like Baker act him basically and put him somewhere for evaluation? All of this happened over the course of ten days. Like yeah, yeah. he went from zero to fucking bananas
1: like yeah. really fast. Yeah.
0: So yeah, just a crazy. It's just such a weird case, and I want to know so much more about it. Like what was going on with him
1: so I just googled his yeah. name because yeah. he told me he looked weird yeah and I understand what you're saying now yes I mean I'm just like I mean of course the sheer number of guns that this guy has I'm like yes. what's happening yes like what is happening yes um the fact that we don't really know why he ended up shooting himself and not anybody else like don't yeah. get me wrong I'm super glad he did not shoot anybody else But I'm also like, what happened inside that house?
0: Yeah, the brother was on the hit list. Yeah. So he clearly went there with some sort of weird intent to, like, for some reason, kill his brother by
1: common law. And also, why did he want to kill that guy? I know. And why why was he first on the list? Why? Who else was on the list? That's who else was on the
0: list. I'm assuming Kathy was on the list. If there's any... Reporters listening to this episode who have a copy of the Miami Herald from August 30th, 2018. Please mail it to me so that I can read it. Thank you. Or
1: well, who have any other info about this case? Because it's just so odd. It's like
0: nobody else cared except the Miami Her- this one Miami Herald reporter who thought it was interesting. And everyone else has just done like, you know, the bare minimum report about like, okay, a judge shot himself a judge did this weird thing to his wife but I I don't know I'm so fascinated
1: this is one of the weirdest thing like this is one of the weirder cases you told me about
0: yes I know I yeah so it's not exactly on brand because he dies at the end so he doesn't get like convicted of anything besides his earlier charges but it's just how did this happen like it's so weird to think about somebody who is a judge, and he, like, clerked for the Department of Treasury or something like that. So he's got, he's obviously, like, a capable person in some regard. Uh, In some ways, yeah. Spend 10 years being, like, a Social Security judge and not,
1: I don't know, get fired for being a fucking Fruit Loop, but... (laughs) But also, it's, it always astounds me when I hear more and more stuff about, like, gun laws in the U.S. Yeah, or, like, yeah. the, or the lack thereof. It's like, yeah. okay, look, like, I'm not a fan of guns at all. Um, guns kill people. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, video games kill people. Mental illness kills people. I'm like, yeah. no, guns kill people. Yeah. They've made, they've done studies. It's been proven. I've said this on this podcast before. Um but that being said, it's kind of like you don't you don't have a fucking gun to either go hunting or protect your house. Fucking fine, go and have your gun. But you're telling me that this guy had fifty guns in his house and another I don't know how many in a storage locker. Why are there no like why why is there no regulation around that? I know, like why? How come? <sighs> he no arrested. one person needs fifty guns. Yes. You have two hands. You have two hands. I don't, like...
0: like. I'm just imagining him, like, taping just, like, guns to every surface (laughs) of his body. (sighs) No, I don't... I agree. It's like, why, why is this okay? Like, you go to his house and you find 20 guns. You go to his house the next day and you find 20 more guns. Isn't that a moment where you're like, why don't you just actually come to jail? Yeah. And... Maybe that's not allowed.
1: I mean, so I guess even though he wasn't like a big shot judge, he was yeah. enough of one yeah. that he did get some kind of preferential treatment. He
0: was enough of one that obviously nobody was like, he needs to be evaluated. They were like, he's whatever, he's fine. He seems fine. He's not fine. He has 50 fucking guns. That's not, that's weird. I'm just I'm like, I'm Oh, you know what? I think I heard this about somebody and it was either Ryan Seacrest or like Toby Maguire or something. There's a famous person who only wears underwear one time. Do you think that Timothy only liked to use a gun one time and then he felt like, okay, I can't use that gun. I need a new one.
1: Hmm? I mean, that's possible, but that sounds like some pretty crazy shit to me. I mean, i don't know this is nuts i know it's just the most bizarre oh and the text was coming from inside the house in your case literally oh Oh my god wait so who texted was it the 13 year old or was it like um i honestly
0: i'm not sure i want to say it was the 13 year old but could have been any of them but i'm glad that that service exists
1: yeah oh my god okay well well done this is one of the crazier things you've Mm -hmm. told me I'm like googling it right now because I'm like
0: what the fuck like I know and it's it's very difficult to find a lot of information about it like I feel like I got the bulk of it from the Miami Herald that time and then filled in some like every article had like a little tiny maybe something else that it said but but yeah, not a lot of info.
1: And you're right, because I'm, I'm clicking on stuff, and it's like, oh, you have to subscribe and pay this much. And it's yeah, like, I know this
0: should be public. Mm-hmm. I know. A lot anyway. of people in the legal community obviously found it interesting, because a bunch of them are from, like, law.org. But you yeah, have to exactly. subscribe to law.org <sighs> and, um, and all this. Yeah.
1: Well, well done.
0: Oh, my god. So, yeah, the opposite of yours. Very similar, but very different.
1: Yeah, but you're right. He does look creepy, but just in a very different way.
0: Completely. He looks like he would be that. Like, your guy's, like, he would be the Grim Reaper, and then my guy would be, like, his little demon, like, like servant.
1: You know, like, in Hercules? Yes, like panic, exactly.
0: Panic and? Panic and, um, like, Bedlam or
1: something. Like, Terror? No, that's terror- not right. Hold,
0: hold and Jetsum. Also Hercules. Little Mermaid. Panic and Pain. Oh, uh, yeah. How do we not know this? Oh, I know that movie. But yes, he is exactly like Panic and Pain. And your guy even kind of looks like Hades a little he bit. He does. He's those, he actually does. He's got that vibe. He's got oh the vibe. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, man. Wow. Well, fuck. Well, Disney, if you
1: need a new movie, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Yes, please, please do that. Um, So, I mean, obviously, Kayla and I do this not, we don't do this for the reviews. We actually just do this because it's a creative outlet for us um, and it's fun. Uh, But that being said, we still like to hear from people about how it's going and how people are liking it. Yeah, and I mean, we're gonna finish off this season with episode 20. Uh, And actually episode 20 is kind of a surprise episode because we're gonna do something completely different. We're actually, Kayla and I are going to talk about the same case, but that went over both countries. And so my mom will be
0: very sad because she texted me podcast, North Carolina permits 14 year olds to get married. Ew. (laughs) Save that for another episode.
1: Is that where Jerry Lee Lewis got married? (laughs) Because he married his like 14 year old cousin, right?
0: He did. But that was different times where I don't think anyone checked your age or anything like that. Mm,
1: I don't know. It was in Alabama too, I think. Oh, God. I mean, it happens. I I, don't know. Jerry Lewis. Okay, let's see.
0: Oh, yeah. It says most states still allow child marriage if your parents consent. So disturbing. Like, don't consent.
1: Okay. Oh, God. Lewis's turbulent personal life was hidden from the public until a May 1958 British tour where Ray Berry, a news agency reporter at London's Heathrow Airport, learned about Lewis's third wife, Myra Gail Brown. She was Lewis's first cousin once removed and 13 years old. Gross. While Lewis was 22 years old. That's so disturbing. Ugh, so. Like,
0: imagine yourself at 13 with a fucking husband
1: that's your cousin and 22 <laughs> that's your cousin <laughs> yeah. Oh so no. yeah so no yeah me and no. my
0: glasses were not marrying any of my cousins at that age and i'm fine with that
1: me and my acne were not close to anyone at that oh, wow age. lucky i didn't even have hormones by that 13. oh really oh god i look like an adult basically but just with it with acne
0: i looked like a child because i was a child so it's fine god. Oh, uh, well, see you next time.
1: See you next time. I, listen, it's been two months. We got through it. I feel like we killed it. I feel like we're definitely better than <laughs> In my head, I was like, I got to tell Liam to cut a bunch of shit out.
0: <laughs> <gasps> Don't you cut a thing,
1: Liam. I want this full. No, no, affection. no, there's, there's got to be a couple of things. Just a couple of things will go.
0: No. Okay, fine. Just that thing I said
1: about. Yeah, I, I'm going to cut thing and uh, we're going to, I think we're going to cut that out. Yeah,
0: I think that's probably is a good call. I but Liam, I keep this
1: play. in so people will be like, ooh, what was that thing they said about pasta?"
0: You'll never know where we were on. And now you'll be even more confused when I post a childhood picture of myself on the Instagram. Yeah. You won't know why I did that. And that's called True Crime Mysteriousness.
1: That, yeah, that, that's called Leave Them Wanting More.
0: That's called Miss Doggenie. <laughs> Sorry.
1: We're keeping that in.
0: That's a callback to earlier. Because <laughs> we're professionals. Speaking Uh-oh. of Miss Doggenie, I was supposed to feed my dogs at uh, an hour ago, so they're probably going to murder me when I exit this room and eat me.
1: Speaking of dogs, I have to check on mine and his injury and make sure he's okay pain. Clark, it actually it's clark. heartbreaking he either has a sprain it could be as mild as a sprain or as severe as a herniated disc i didn't know dogs could get herniated
0: discs oh my god Is clark is like a truck driver yeah like but i
1: think is... it's um it's like a beagle thing and he's part beagle oh that's so, really sad yeah so i'm oh, just gonna Clark-y. he's sleeping now we gave him pain medication oh davis put on like strawberry fields forever and like trippy beatles music to help him like
0: wow so. wow how healing i love
1: that thanks davis <laughs> all right, we'll see we'll see
0: that's fucking amazing
1: all right well say I hi to billy pepper and sam for me you will
0: i will enjoy your bolognese i hope it's delightful
1: i'm having it right now i'm very excited oh
0: my god i'm so hungry <laughs> um and listen don't hate us Because we love you. Because we love you. Never forget it. I can't believe I'm, you know,
1: going along with this now, but.
0: (laughs) I have a way of breaking spirits. (laughs)
1: Like a true Virgo.
0: That's right.